Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of Mishmash Mayhem. Mishmash Mayhem. The podcast where we take the schoolyard conversation of, hey, which one of these fictional characters would win in a fight? And we talk about it on a podcast. That's what this is. Congratulations for finding us. I hope you have a jolly good time. And if you don't, well, I hope you have a good time. So I'm Chris. And I'm Wade. So how have you been doing today? Not too bad. Apparently tired. Mm. It's because I looked at a lot of screen. Um, a lot of bright colours. I was picking a lot of velocities. Now my hands really hurts. Fair enough. That'll be right. Um, and then I had a small ocean spill in my kitchen. Yeah. Um, but I had really tasty dinner, so it's all good. And I had a dime bar for pudding. Ooh, cheeky. I can love dime bars. I had cream egg ice cream and waffles. That sounds really good too. Mm. Uh, why cream egg ice cream exists at this time of year? Who knows? Easter starts on Boxing Day. Well, I mean, yeah, apparently it does. I mean, it has for years. Yeah, but it, it shouldn't. Well, that is maybe, but it does. Everybody knows it. Christmas starts in September, sometimes even August. It's pretty much after Halloween, isn't it? But it, it does exist no, it's before during Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, but I mean, like, don't get me wrong, the Christmas stuff is around before Halloween, but it really comes out in force after Halloween. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Oh, because the shelves are stocked with Halloween stuff. Yeah, but you only get Halloween in for about like two or three weeks. There isn't a big deal made of Halloween. I mean, two or three weeks is a big deal for one day. Well, I, mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get two or three weeks for my birthday. Well, no, but I can say Christmas starts about like four months before Christmas. Yeah, but pe- people like Christmas. Mm. Same with Easter; it starts about four months before. So, what are we up to today? What episode are we on? Twenty-two. It's episode twenty-two. It is. Uh, if you recall, last week. Uh, we had our fourth entrant into the Mishmash Hall of Fame. That was mm-hmm. Rock Lee, uh, who defeated yes. the competitor Doris slash DOR15 uh, yes. in a fight in a sawmill. And that yeah. means today that we have two brand new competitors uh, waiting to enter. So what's going to happen is we're going to introduce them one by one. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about you know, who they are, a bit of backstory about them, um, what their kind of skills might be, what their attributes might be, um, whether they prefer dark chocolate or milk chocolate, um, what their, what handedness they are, if they have hands. Some people don't have hands. Uh, and some combatants, combatants? Use the word combatants, I like it. Uh, Competents <laughs> aren't human, so therefore wouldn't have hands anyway. Um, and then we're gonna stick them in a fight to the death, but we don't know where we're gonna stick them in a fight to the death. Not yet. We will determine that by the roll of the die of death. The die of death to to work out where they're gonna go. Um, and then we're just gonna make up some shit about that on the fly and discuss who we think would win. A fight between two fictional characters from our list. That's character actors, characters. Characters, yeah. Character characters, characters. Character characters. Oh my god. Maractus yeah, the characters. Maractus the characters. <laughs> Copernicus. Anyway, yeah, that's what Capernicus. we're going to do. That's the philosophy cat. Copernicus. Capernicus, character Capernicus, the 
It's a cactus cat character, Copernicus. Character cat Copernic. Character cat character cat Pernicus. There you go. Save that one for your diary. Um, use it in blind ignorance. That's the game. Some people call it other things, but I call it blind ignorance. The game where you have like a name stuck to your forehead, and you can't see what it is, but you, other people do, and you ask questions to guess who you are. Yeah, we use, just got uh, the post note again. Yeah, see, what what a boring name. <laughs> Blind Ignorance is a great name because it perfectly describes exactly what the game is. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. Cool. So just to clarify, I don't think any cats or cactuses will be involved. Well, maybe not this episode, but you never know. You know, maybe later, maybe someday there'll be some cactuses. I mean, there's, yeah. there's quite a lot of cactus characters in the world. Yeah. Okay. There's even more cat ones. Yes. If I just Google cactus characters, I had to really think hard about how to spell cactus. Obviously, there's the Digimon one. That's the one that's mainly coming up. And um, from Final Digimon. Fantasy. The Cactuar, yeah. I wouldn't describe Cactuar as a character, more of a monster. Yeah. Although, in World of Final Fantasy, which I've been playing because I got it for Christmas, um, there's a Cactuar that is the driver of the steam drain. Hooray! So he's more of a character than Cactuars normally are. I mean, I can't find actors' characters other than those two, so maybe that would be our limit. But there must be some. But I don't need to think about that right now. No. Why don't you introduce everyone to your character? All right. Do you remember what my clue was? Uh, It was someone from a short-lived internet series with a facial disfigurement. That's the one. For those of you who are not aware who this is, a, I highly recommend, I don't highly recommend watching unless you're into really obscure humour. But it's Burnt Face Man. He's a he's a classic, classic man. For those of you who don't know, Burnt Face Man was a series of nine plus one, because there was a movie trailer, uh, which was just really another episode. Uh, episodes about a man called Burnt Face Man who loves to fight crime. And his terrible exploits in his crime fighting ventures. It was a bit of a failure as a hero, wasn't he? Yeah, but you know, every superhero has an origin story. And that's the same is true of Burnt Face Man. So let's let's delve, shall we? Do you want to guess how old Burnt Face Man was when he received his terrible face burns? Uh twelve. No, he was free. Oh no. At the age of three. Stanley Sage, that's his real name, received terrible burns to his face in a welding accident slash incident uh, caused by Welding Man, his, I guess, arch nemesis, but he's he's not really his arch nemesis because that's more bastard man. And after this incident, he swore to prove that his burns to his face were no disability uh, and decided to fight crime. (laughs) Um, But he, you know, he's now a superhero with a burnt face, but that's not all he has. Well, he, he, he also has a small apartment uh, or house in which he has Chronitor, the crime monitor of the city, who helps him deduce when the crime is happening and where crime is happening. He has a sidekick called Suggestion Boy uh, and another one called Observation Boy. Suggestion Boy just suggests things to do and Observation Boy just makes comments about things. <laughs> I feel like I could be Observation Boy. 
<laughs> yeah, you probably could. <laughs> One of his observations is, your hair is a slightly lighter shade of hair than Nicolas Cage's hair. It's like, okay, cool. Anyway, so most things that people want to know about superheroes is their powers. So in episode two, Burnt Face Man reveals that he doesn't have many powers. Um, when he's a woman is screaming that her baby is falling from a burning building. Uh, how this situation arised is a bit of a quandary, really, because that woman was incredibly irresponsible. Uh, <laughs> if, if she she was on the ground floor outside and she left her baby high enough up in the air that she could go, help, my baby is falling from a burning building, burnt face man could fly in. That's power number one, flight. Say, don't worry, my laser eyes will catch her. And then two. fail to catch her because he doesn't have that power. <laughs> he doesn't have laser eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but he does have the power of flight, able to fly around at a reasonable speed. What comes with flight, you say? Well, he also has the speed of the puma. I mean, <laughs> on the bird face by Wikipedia page, there's a caveat to this power, but I'm not sure that it's actually a caveat to his power. I just believe he's only once used it and it was in an instance where he was being accused of being a paedophile. That um, <laughs> <laughs> he used the speed of the puma to get away. But he has the speed of the puma, which allows him to speed himself up and, uh, you know, get out of situations. Is um, his super speed a little bit like a rocket rounds? Um, Probably, but he does have to activate it. And it uh, Anyway, so what else does he have? So who's your favourite superhero? Uh, Spider-Man. Right, and what does he have? Webs. Yeah, he does have webs. Uh, Burnt Face Man does not have webs. What else does Spider-Man have? Uh, he can crawl on walls. Uh, Burnt Face Man can't do that, but he can fly, so, you know. Uh, yeah, what else does he have? Okay, what else does he have? Super we'll get there eventually. Okay, fine. I mean, he does have that, but he, probably more. But he has Burnt Face Sense, like a spider oh, sense. Oh, like a spider sense. Uh, it's his sixth sense that he can That's use. That's bad, isn't sense. it? I didn't think spider sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's where I was going. I was like, I know your favourite super series is Spider-Man. I won't be upset if you say webs first, but I'm expecting <laughs> spider sense at least within the top three. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Uh, so he has a burnt face sense, very similar to a spidey sense, um, to alert him to trouble and danger. Mostly trouble. Um, in fact, he only senses it, the only time it's ever seen in one of the episodes is when uh, he, he's like, oh, my burnt face sense is tingling. He goes outside and there's a man. He's like, help my... I think his girlfriend is trapped in this burning building. Another burning building, isn't it? And burnt face man is dubious that the building isn't actually on fire. Um, and the man tempts him with a Sega Game Gear. And burnt face man's like, oh, I don't need your Sega Game Gear. I laugh in danger and flies up. And then it turns out to be a trap by his arch nemesis bastard man and man spider oh, no. yeah man spider is not at all like spider-man it is the face of a man on a spider body uh anyway but face sense he also has uh a thing that a street fighter character is well known for a dukun he doesn't have a dukun but it's very similar it's sonic boom oh yeah i remember power. that yeah he has the power to sonic boom people. Um, he has Sonic cool. boomed both his crime monitor 
who is very upset. And he's also Sonic Boom's welding man in the trailer for the movie, uh, which proved forceful enough to knock him over and knock his welding mask off his face. That's the kind of force does, we're dealing with here. Does that mean that uh, he could Sonic Boom from the age of three? Um, I don't really know, to be honest. It's very unclear. <laughs> and then resilience and things like that. So, Burnt Face Man is a incredibly resilient man from the observations I've observed while watching Burnt Face Man episodes. There is indeed an episode where he flies off to the planet Quex and faces a mighty gastropod overlord. Um, funny thing about small planetoids, what do they lack? Oxygen. I mean, just atmosphere in general, yes. Burnt Face Man is fully capable of breathing and um, functioning in a atmosphereless environment um, flying and flying through space. You know, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cheeky. It's cheeky. Uh, in one episode, he survives a large explosion uh, on stage at a festival. Uh, Why does he explode at a festival? Because he's writing his own episode because he's fed up of dealing with the shit that the the speaker system gives him that follows him around. So he's writing his own episode. And he's at the festival playing the best guitar solo ever. And then people are like berating him. And so he's just like trying to play more guitar. He's like, oh, fuck it. Explosion. And then this massive explosion happens. And then he saves some children from the explosion. And then the narrator cam is like, but did he touch up the children Why he saved them? And then everyone accuses him of being a pedophile. Um, does that mean he's also got four full breaking powers? Yeah, but that's not really a power. Um, it can be, it depends what he does with it. Yeah, he doesn't. Because clearly he can do some sort of uh, creating events and his own destiny and the such if he's able to just will an explosion by saying explosions. Well, I believe that's like less of a power and more of a an incident that occurred. Okay. Like, he was writing his own episode but I think it was more like, imagine he was a he was a director with an unlimited budget, but people just weren't going. People were being asses to him all the time. That's kind mm-hmm. of like what I imagine it like. Okay. Um. But yeah, he survived being in space. What else has he survived? There's one episode where he asks the narrator to cut back to him at home, and a giant pair of scissors come on screen, chop him up into pieces. And then he melds back into his form at home after saying ow. So that's, you know, he just, it just hurt him a little bit. And then, uh, then he reformed together. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty swish. He has also survived AIDS once when he was, (laughs) he'd formed a rock duo with Captain Minstrel and he was touring somewhere and a pigeon attended one of the gigs but found the melodies to be uninspiring. I'm not reading this off, I remember this. Uh, <laughs> and pecked him in his rage and infected him with AIDS. Uh, but Burnt Face Man set fire to his bloodstream, so, you know, flammable blood. Another one. Yeah. Uh, which burning the AIDS and also gave him the power of really hot blood. Okay. Which he, he didn't put to any use. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so that's Burn Face Man. He dislikes um, 
pretty much pretty much everyone hates him um apart from his like his psychics and his one fan um who is an an asian man um who who like, loves him um no one really likes him he's but he's incredibly resilient you know he can stand alien atmospheres flying through space being cut up explosions uh being poked in the face and oh yeah and also he's it's implied he's fed poisoned cheese and survives it's never really it's not explicitly stated that cheese is poisoned but it's implied and his powers include flight uh the speed of the puma and his probably his most offensive one a sonic boom he has no forms and also really hot blood yeah um but only if he sets his blood on fire yeah all right so him setting his blood on fire hasn't given him the power of hot blood. He just has the power when he sets his blood on fire. Well, setting his blood on fire did give him the power of really hot blood, but it only gave it. him the power of really hot blood while his blood was hot. Right, got you. But you, you know, know, when you set, it's not like a power he now has. He has to reignite it every now and again if he were to keep that power. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, yeah, he briefly gained the power of really hot blood because he but he set his bloodstream on fire. So anytime you have your bloodstream on fire. He has really hot blood. Okay, oh. got you. Which, God knows what it does. <laughs> well, it makes your blood hot, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, he did also have his leg shot, shot off once. Right. And um, it was eaten by some, like, worshippers or something. Burnt Face Man's fucking weird, man. Watch it. Anyway, Burnt Face Man. Okay. I mean, it's hard for me to follow that, really. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to read a, a, a list of his main villains? Just because they're excellent. Sure, going for it. Just as a quick aside, who, who, I mean, who, 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 Rival number one, Bastard Man. Um, I don't even know what Bastard Man does. He has a like roulette wheel that tells him what to do. Uh, it tells him to steal Burnt Face Man's submarine. Uh, Burnt Face Man doesn't have a submarine or a garden. Um, Man Spider, I've already mentioned. Uh, Anger Man is one of Bastard Man's cronies. He's just. Oh, he's the one you can't understand talking, isn't it? That's correct, and he's a mosher. Uh, there's Taps Man, who has, um, you know, taps with hot water and cold water, allowing him to corrode metal over long periods of time. And the combination, which he calls hold. Uh, there's Craig, the evil toilet, who shit spits out turds. There's Detergent Dan. Uh, there's Non Bio Bruce. There's mashed potato and a sock man. There's have a nice day man. Um, welding man, you know, we've mentioned before. And probably, honestly, in terms of what they've done, his, his actually most awful rival, Rockhead Rumple, who does shoot a man in the face for just walking past him in the street. Oh, cool. Yeah. He, he also bothers people on the bothering planet, but, you know. I suppose the gastropod overlord is one of his enemies, but he kills him with a petrol bomb, so, you know. There you go. Burnt face man, in a nutshell. Oh, I missed out one of his powers. <gasps> I know. So, he can also hide in the internet. How, as in, how does that work? Well, it isn't really explained, but in one episode, after he kills the gastropod overlord, um, he needs to escape the situation that, you know, because everyone hates him, so he hides in an internet forum. Um, he literally, like, like like Digimon enter the Digiworld, he enters the internet and hides in an internet forum until he gets blocked, which is like about three minutes. 
<laughs> so there you go. That's, that's burn face, man. Okay, then. Well, let's hope there's no internet around. Let's hope there's no internet around. Hiding. So, my character I'm bringing today was a fan suggestion suggested by Toby. So, thanks, Toby, for your suggestion. Um, but it is Lucy from the series Elf and Lead. I expected you to react in some way. Oh, I'm sorry. That's fine. Clearly, she's unreactable. I mean, she could be a noble gas. Yeah. She, she isn't a noble gas. She isn't, no. As my clue last time alluded to, she's an anime character with multiple personalities. How many is multiple? It's arguable, but either two or three. What, what would you say is the third one, if there is a third one? Right. So, originally she started as a child whose name was uh, Cade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but due to the fact she had a very traumatic childhood, it basically split. Uh, and she kind of, all her dark thoughts and anger and stuff became Lucy uh, and all her childlike innocence and kind of like an id persona became new. Um, and then there's also like a voice that she hears, which is very much what encourages Lucy to be evil, uh, which is referred to as the voice within her DNA, which is potentially a third personality. Or just a weird voice she hears in her head, depending on your perspective. Um, um, I would say voice and head. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched the series in quite a while, so I don't want to comment entirely. Uh, I did think about trying to rewatch it recently, uh, as I knew I would be doing this character, but it's not on Netflix and Amazon Prime charges you. I haven't wow, got around wow. to it. Yeah. I know my brother's got it on DVD, so I might ask him if I can borrow it if she stays in in this episode. It's a good series. It is a good series. I remember enjoying it. I enjoyed it a lot. Hmm. Have you read the manga? It's very different. Uh, I haven't read the manga, no. I say it's very different. I mean, the end is different than most of the rest is. It's the same. Fair enough. Anyway, Um, carry on. Yeah. Uh, She is a species called a Diclonius. Again, I I will apologise if I'm pronouncing any of this wrong. Like I said, I haven't watched the series in in a few years. But they look basically like humans. Uh, except they've got pink hair and horns. They don't all have pink hair, do they? Do they not? I thought they did. She's at least got pink hair. She does have pink hair. I'm not sure they all have pink hair. I could be. Certainly, the three of them I can currently see pictures of all have pink hair. Well, I know the the males are the male one is bald. When we do meet a male one, so he. Okay. So I don't know how what color his hair actually would be is. All right then. Maybe they don't all have pink hair then. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, it's not really that important. No, the important thing is they look like people, except they've got horns. But yeah, we're going to be primarily focusing on the Lucy persona of the character, as she is sort of like the one that is mainly involved in combat, because although when sort of comfortable and feeling safe, it tends to be the new personality that is in control. Anytime she becomes sort of feels, or at least most times, she feels threatened or something. The the Lucy persona takes over, as that is the somewhat more violent one. That being said, it is, like, the powers that the uh, Diclonia skin uh, have, which I will get into in a second, uh, are removed from them if ever their horns are broken. That's not ideal. No. So if her ho- it has been said and is shown in the anime and stuff, that if her horns get broken... 
Uh, she reverts to the new personality, which is the sort of very harmless and childlike one, uh, and also loses her special powers. So essentially just becomes a standard teenage girl. With really nice pink hair. Yeah. So that's worth mentioning uh, in case her horns get broken during this fight. Because it does say that she does have very good healing abilities. So if out of combat, would be able to repair her horns and then once again regain her powers, but potentially couldn't do it mid-combat. So that's kind of her big weakness, not that Blunt Face Man would know that. No. no it's worth not. us knowing. So, yeah, again, if in case that does come up, uh, the ways to describe the new personality, which, you know, all going to plan won't come up, um, is it's very childlike, very naive. Um, for a large part of the anime, can't speak other than, say, the word new, which is why it gets named new. Uh, that's new spelled N-Y-U, not N-E-W. New? Yeah, she's kind of squeaks. Um, and the reason I sort of say she's kind of like an id persona is because she has a very, like, overt sexual curiosity, where, but where she doesn't understand um, sort of social construct, she basically just sort of gropes and humps people at random, <laughs> yeah, uh, which weird. is... Yeah, it's quite awkward for the uh, characters who are trying to look after her when they and stuff. Um, but you know, it's very funny in sort of like Japanese anime humor. That's kind of what a lot of anime goes around, and it is one of the reasons that I guess this anime is an eighteen because there is a lot of nudity. Most of the nudity in it is not really that necessary, but it's there because anime. There is a lot of nudity. But yeah, so that's kind of what new is like in case that comes up. But we're probably more interested in what Lucy is like. So uh, Lucy is basically a psychopath. She cares very little for humans on, like, for the most part. Sort of towards the end of the show, she starts to gain a bit more, like, empathy and stuff. But for the majority of it, yeah, she doesn't really care for humans. She's quite happy to brutally murder anybody who stands in her way for very minor things, you know. Uh, there are sort of bits of her, like, childhood and stuff where she's like, oh, I'm homeless and I need somebody to stay. So she'll just go and murder an entire family so she can use their house. Yay! Yeah, you know. Because Who why not? to pay rent? I, I think it's interesting as well. I mean, I again, I, I don't remember this firsthand. It is all sort of from researching it. But it was sort of saying her justification for murdering an entire family and she used their house. So she could stay there guilt-free without having to feel like a burden to them. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's like, oh man, I could sneak into these people's house and stay there, but then they might find me and that would be awkward. It's much easier just to kill them all. So that's pretty cool. She's certainly an interesting character. But then you might be asking, how does a child or as like the majority of the series is set, a teenage girl, how does she kill people without trying and in a horrifically brutal manner? How does a teenage girl kill people without even trying in a horrifically brutal manner? Well, it's interesting you would ask that. Because the uh, Diclonitis, uh, they have a thing called vectors, uh, which are both uh, apparently factually named after both the biological version of a vector and the physics-based form of a vector. What's a biological vector? A biological vector is an additional limb. Huh, interesting. Didn't hmm. know that. And a physics-based vector is a thing that moves with velocity, I think it was. 
uh, a vector is just a well i'm going for a mathematical vector here but a mathematical vector has both size and direction that was it yeah move so like if i was to say i'm going 10 kilometers a second that's not a vector but if i was that's to say speed. it's a speed but if you were to like if i was to specify i'm going 10 kilometers a second this direction that's a vector but basically the vectors are kind of invisible arms yay uh the other uh diclonios can see them but humans can't but sometimes when they are you being used in a particularly powerful way normal humans will be able to hear them like a hum in the air kind of like if you sort of see uh like a fly or like hummingbirds or something like where you know you don't notice you can't see their wings because they move really quick but you can hear them all right it's kind of like that yeah that makes sense but yeah these vectors they have um sort of several abilities they can use like um because although they are just normal arms which can if they want pick things up like their actual arms do uh the main powers they have come from the fact that they vibrate at varying speeds um, because they can slow the vibration down to a really slow speed uh, so that the molecules are able to basically pass through solid objects unimpeded. Wow, that sounds excellently useful. Mm. So essentially, they can use it to like reach through walls and things. Um, but what is more commonly seen in the anime when they're having fights and stuff is that they can make them vibrate incredibly fast, hence the humming noise I guess they would give off and this means that rather than like as soon as they touch a person it will just rip their flesh into shreds hooray yay which is how they sort of very easily brutally murder people um, the Dioclonaris depending on their power have a different number of vectors and how far their vectors can reach for a majority of the series uh, Lucy has somewhere in the it varies slightly but somewhere between 10 and 20 vectors. That's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's not as much as some of the others, but, you know, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's very handy. Uh, yes, all right. Puns. <laughs> I guess you could say she's well-armed. <laughs> yes, yes, you could. No, I can't think of another pun. No, oh, it's a shame. Yeah. Um, but from a purely biological point of view uh, these vectors are not actually even designed for combat, that is just an additional thing they can do uh, they are actually um, designed for reproductive purposes because any male that is touched in a non-fatal way by uh, Diclonius's uh, vectors will, regardless it will like alter their Genetics, so when they have a child, regardless of what woman they have the child with, it will be born as a Diclonaris, and that's how they reproduce. Parasitic sex arms, yo. They're primarily, yeah, parasitic sex arms. They just can be used for brutal murder. But not only can they be used for brutal murder, they can also be used for defensive purposes. Yay! Uh, Because where these arms... I mean, don't get me wrong, this sounds stupid to say, because your real arms you use by thinking about how you want to move them. But the vectors are used sort of telepathically, like they respond to what your thoughts are, and therefore react quicker than your physical, like human body, or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
because of this, like she has with her vectors been able to catch bullets out of the air to stop them like hitting her. Uh, she has also been able to use the vectors to create like a shield around her to survive explosions. They're pretty uh, powerful defensively as well as offensively. There is also the thing that if a Dark Lunaris really needs to, they can push their abilities beyond their capacity to either create more vectors or increase the range of them. Um, however, doing this causes so much strain on their body, it will start to melt. Wow, that doesn't sound like a good thing to do. No, because, and spoilers for the series and such, the sort of end of the series when Lucy has kind of more gained an empathy towards humans, at least the couple of humans she likes, um, she basically tries to destroy a majority of humanity to, other than the two humans she likes to kind of get back at the fact humans have wronged them and the such. And at this point, she creates so many vectors that have a range that they can reach space in length and are about, I think it was something like... Um, uh, 1.4 meters wide each and stuff um, <laughs> that she basically melts herself to the fact she becomes a head in a puddle oops yeah so you know they can really push their abilities and, stuff. and obviously by the time she's a head in a puddle she has also destroyed her own healing factor because you can't come back from that you can't come that's famous saying that you can't come back from being a head in a puddle but yeah so if, in cases of real needs they can push their bodies further than they are normally going, but it will cause them to melt. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what Lucy does. She's got big invisible arms that fuck people up. <laughs> uh, if you give me a second, I will try and find... Uh, yeah, it says in the manga, she usually has around 14, but in the anime, they reduce it to four. Uh, to make, I guess to make it easier to animate. Yeah, probably. Um, and they're usually about two meters long. It's quite long. Mm-hmm. But yes, it did say um, when she really pushed herself, she had closer to 20 and the range was almost worldwide. That's great. Yeah, when she pushed herself to the point she was, you know, dying. Um, and again, when she pushed herself to this point, when she had the worldwide range, she basically had enough power to sink like islands or, you know, and basically tear the world apart if she wanted to. Although she didn't. Hooray! So there you go. So... If she really needs to, she can basically, and it, well, if she really wants to and is given the chance to, she could probably basically make it a draw by destroying everything. Fair. So let's hope whoever she's against beats her before she can do that. Or gets beaten very easily. Yeah. I mean, I both think we know what's going to happen. <laughs> Potentially. Potentially. Before we can decide how this fight is going to go, uh, we need to know where it's happening. We do. So it's time we roll the die of death. Oh, we've got a uh, fan-suggested sort of arena. Fan-suggested sort of? Well, I was talking to this person about our podcast, and he kind of mentioned a couple of things that he was considering, and then I just took one. So it wasn't an official suggestion, but he mentioned it in passing, and I went, yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) It will count as a suggestion. Yeah, so... I sort of semi-stole it, but it's also kind of a suggestion. All right. What is it? Because I don't so, know. You, you know. You know those films where they're like, hey, if we put fossils with lizard DNA in an ostrich egg. What? You, you, okay. So you know the films where they're like, um, hey, if we have a safari park full of super dangerous extinct animals, how could it possibly go wrong? 
Yes, yeah, so you went too specific and mentioned ostrich eggs, and I was like, "There's, there's no ostrich eggs in Jurassic Park." Yeah, they were in the first one. That was the eggs that they brought the dinosaur back to life. No, they just merged their DNA with frog DNA, and they were putting an did, ostrich egg. I, no, I don't think it, there was any specifics about ostrich eggs. I think the egg that hatched just happened to look like an ostrich egg. Anyway, it's Jurassic Park. But I will have a look. Jurassic Park. No, no, you are correct. Fair enough. Carry on. So what's a really iconic place from Jurassic Park? Uh, the kitchen. That's right, the T-Rex pen. <laughs> I was thinking the kitchen when the kids are escaping from the Velociraptors. We're in a T-Rex pen. All right, okay. Is it the T-Rex pen from Jurassic Park? Yes. Okay, which of the quantum states is it in? Because we all know that 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 park, that that gate, is com- both completely level, because it is, and the T-Rex walks out of it, and yet also has a massive drop in it, because it does. The one that would keep the T-Rex inside. <laughs> and then they both keep the T-Rex inside. If I don't inside. know. Uh, make it level. I mean, essentially, it's just a... A section of jungle with a up and down goat pen and an electrified fence around the outside. And a T Rex in it, most importantly. And a T Rex in it, yes. Yeah. So um, it's the sort of thing, you know, they'll just be battling normally, fine, whatever. Uh, but then every now and again, we need to like roll for T Rex encounter or something. Roll for T Rex encounter. Right. So, I mean, they've, they've obviously both got to have come on a Jurassic Park tour. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, because we don't even have, like, one of them is already there. It's They're both going to meet each other. What it's going to be, right? You know, they're, they're going to be on one of those viewing platforms watching the goat go down. Right, yeah. And then they're going to be like, hey, hang on about. You're the person I'm supposed to be fighting. And then they're going to... Hang on about. Hang on about. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> hang about. Is it not hang on about? Uh, words and that. And then they'll be like, and then they'll start to tussle and fall over into the T-Rex cage. They're going to fall over into the T-Rex cage? From the viewing platform. No, they'll start fighting on the viewing platform, bundle over in a grapply mess. I see. I mean, there never was a viewing platform, but that's, that's cool. Was there not? No. Well, I don't know. How else are they going to get in the T-Rex then? Uh, the T-Rex comes out. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't matter. They're in a T-Rex, Ben. They are. Uh, we'll, we'll just add the viewing platform because, you know, it, makes, it, it allows for a more sensical entrance into the uh, T-Rex, T-Rex pen. pen. There you go. So they've fallen into a T-Rex pen. All right. Well, as we've established, both of these characters are probably fairly resistant. Well, actually, how resistant is Lucy if she doesn't protect herself with uh, magic arms vectors? I mean, she nearly gets killed by a bullet right at the beginning. That's the whole. That's how the whole anime starts. Yeah, I mean, that's very much the thing that first makes her new personality come out. Is that? But this is, I guess, showing her resistance is the fact that she survives it. Is she gets shot in the head with a fifty cal sniper rifle? I mean, it, it does get partially, mostly blocked by a helmet which she's wearing at the time. Yes, but it's still fifty cal sniper rifle. <laughs> it's, it's a strong helmet. Well, yeah. I'd say she's kind of like superhero resistant and stuff. Like she can take a hit more so than a normal person. All right. But I guess partly that is because she can block stuff with her vectors. Like I think if her horns were broken for whatever reason, then, you know, she does revert to 
basically human. All right. Well, anyway, I, she she would be fine falling into a T Rex pen off a off a viewing platform. Yeah, I mean, if anything, she'd just catch herself with her vectors, wouldn't she? Yeah, it would look really cool. Um, and hopefully, she isn't naked. I mean, this is the other thing as well. Like, uh, if she was naked as Lucy, she genuinely wouldn't care because she thinks people are so beneath her that she just wouldn't care that they can see her. Oh no, I know that, but I mean, you know, for the sake of her. You know, if she's gone to visit Jurassic Park, chances are she'll... Yeah, I'd like to hope she's got something on. I imagine the staff would have mentioned it, but now, what, have you seen the weird naked girl wandering about? <laughs> so Burnt Face Man's obviously there because his burnt face senses were tingling and he knew disaster was going to happen. Yeah, he just didn't realise the disaster would be him and a teenage girl fighting in the T-Rex pen. People yeah, would be know. like, oh man, have you seen that pedo in the T-Rex pen? I am not a pedo! What a beauty, he says. Uh, but anyway, so they both know that they've got to kill each other. Yes. I mean, Burnt Face Man is used to dealing with useless pieces of shit. Let's be yeah. honest. And he is also a useless piece of shit. So right. he's just probably going to be like, Hey, you! I need you to stop now! I need to kill you now! Um, because he's, he's so bad. That's what he's used to. You know, he's, I mean, one of his nemesis was called Have a Nice Day Man. <laughs> Lucy's probably like, he's like, I need to kill you now. She just sort of Know, smack him about with a vector. Smack him about with a vector. Well, you I mean, know, she is known for not not being reserved at all, is she? She just doesn't. No. Well, that's it. She just sort of hit him into a tree or something. I mean, how how long did you say her arms were? Two meters. Two meters. meters. Two. How close are they? Are they are they within that distance to start? Yeah, I thought so. If they've sort of like knocked each other over into the T-Rex pen. All right. Okay. So she's going for a knock, not a kind of uh, decap slash limb removal thing. I don't think initially, uh, because, I mean, essentially he's been very threatening to her for, as far as she can see, no real reason, other than the fact that they're supposed to fight, I suppose. She has no reason to sort of consider him any threat at the moment, but she does find him antagonistic, and therefore she might well just try and give him a slightly more slow and painful death. All right, okay. Well, um, she's going to batter him then. Uh, with, also, uh, it, it's interesting to notice that uh, she, as a male who has now been hit by a vector, if he, if he survives this and has children, they will be one of her. Excellent. I don't think Burnt Face Man's ever going to have children. No, well, <laughs> who, who would want to guess that face? Uh, it's not to do with that. It's just more the fact that he's a useless prick. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Burnt Face Man gets whacked into a tree and he's just going to be like, ow! Because that's how it sounds. <laughs> but like, that? at this point, she'd be advancing on him already to, yeah, now probably start sort of removing body parts. Yeah, he'd just be like, ow, that hurt. And then he'd be like, my burnt face is tingling. So she's walking back up to him again. He's like, stop it. I'm going to stop there. Um, and then she'd take his leg off. <laughs> All right, so. I'm going to say the left one. All right, lops his left leg off, and he's just like, ow, again. And he, there is blood, but he doesn't really appear to bleed because he just didn't really appear to bleed. He's a, real, he's a weird man, burn face man. Um, who knew that being burnt in the face could give you such excellent powers? <laughs> it's, a, it's a miracle that other people haven't tried it. Um, so he's just going to be like, ow, and then he'll probably be like, enough of this. Sonic boom, and he'll try a sonic boom and just be like with his with his arms. Is Sonic boom like a projectile of 
like light and air and stuff, isn't it? A sonic boom is just a wave of air. It's a it's a shock wave of air. Yeah, because I think being somewhat unprepared for this useless human to suddenly do that, I think the first one would probably make a reasonably good hit. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, even if she can protect herself against bullets and stuff, she she you know you see people with a gun, you expect a bullet. Yeah. Um, you can't necessarily see air. I mean, can you see air? Sometimes. Sometimes. You'd be able to see a uh, sonic boom of air, I would have thought. You'd like see the movement in it. Yeah, you, in the traditional sonic boom move set, either from Guile or Burnt Face Man, you can see the sonic boom. Yeah, so potentially like she might get a, like a half block to it, but not like a... She would definitely be hit a bit to it. Yeah, I mean... As described, it has the power to knock a man over and knock a welding mask off someone's face. So I think it probably wouldn't knock Lucy over, but maybe, like, push her back. Yeah, that seems fair. If she was wearing a welding mask, it might be removed. Yeah. (laughs) Can I just uh, ask, I know you said that he doesn't appear to bleed much, but would there be some noticeable blood from the removal of his leg? There is very little blood, like... So it gets shot off. His leg doesn't bleed at all, and then the like the, his stump, and then when his leg lands, there's just like a spatter of blood as it lands. But then that's that's it. It stays fairly um, intact. And then in the next scene, he's got his leg back. Okay. And he's on and he's on the moon or the right. planet Quex with no breathing apparatus and observation boy. It's just that, uh, as described here, a T Rex is a stellar smeller. Stellar smeller. That made yeah. me laugh. Um, they have a very good sense of smell, able to pick up on the smell of blood. Uh, and oh, they, smell... you'd definitely be able to smell it. Like... Well, this is what I was getting at, yeah. yeah. And their smell is significantly better than other meat eaters, and that's how they tended to find their prey. So I'm just wondering if it... I, I think a T-Rex would probably now be heading in their direction. Yeah, that seems reasonable. I mean, you know, he both face might, might not be bleeding, but there is blood. It's like you yeah. can smell jelly. Like, jelly isn't oozing across the floor it isn't flowing out of a bowl it, but it, it's solid but you can still smell jelly yeah well, that's, it. I just wanted to, trouble, but... that's why i wanted to see if there would be some blood like yeah no but Bert, face man is a human being with extraordinary abilities and he does have blood okay but it's not but it's not really hot not today not yet i mean i suppose he might set fire to his bloodstream <laughs> <laughs> who knows we'll see what happens i'm not ruling anything out oh. No, I'm ruling it in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. He hasn't got any diseases. He only did it to burn the AIDS. Anyway, as Burnt Face Man's Sonic boomed her, he's probably going to like speed up the puma, puma, puma um, to try and get <laughs> to try and get out of the way. You can tell I know about Burnt Face Man a lot because I'm like, well, going down with the flow of the impressions. Because you know he doesn't want to get he doesn't want to get another limb removed. I mean, it's it's not the end of the world for him, but, you know, you you want your limbs, don't you? Well, yeah, ideally. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not the end of the world if I didn't have a bed, but I want my bed. Oh, yeah. To all of you out there who don't have beds, congratulations on finding a way to listen to this. I apologise that you don't have a bed. I hope you find one soon. Because I immediately assume that anyone who has a, a way of listening to this probably has a bed. I'd have thought so. thought so. Remember that if you need to use somebody else's bed, it's more guilt-free if you just kill them. <laughs> that is not sound advice. <laughs> that is not what we are advocating. Um, that we are not suggesting or condoning um, any crime for the acquisition of beds. No. 
No, obviously. Sorry. In the Lucy mindset. In my Lucy mindset. I'm in my Lucy mindset. Oh, yeah. So he's going to skedaddle. Um, is he, yeah, is he going to use his speed of the Puma to try and get his leg back? I wouldn't have thought so. It's, okay. he doesn't, it's not required for him because he can fly. Yeah. Um, if he, if he had like one of his arms gone, then he would probably try and get that so he can like, you know, whoosh himself back together, which he's shown to do. Um, so he can then sonic boom still because it's implied he needs both arms to sonic boom. And as far as I'm aware, he does. Mm-hmm. But for a leg, he doesn't need a leg. Okay. So what, is he going to just go and try and hide in the jungliness? Well, it's more, it's more, less hiding and more speed of the puma out the way try and get behind because you know why wouldn't you get behind him probably either just try and you know he's one he once punched he once punched bastard man and bastard man was really upset uh, it really hurt him and he got really really scared so you know he went into like his angry mode and it, it did did some damage i'm i'm saying that seriously but i can't say it seriously it did, <laughs> did, did fuck all but uh, Burnt face man thinks it did a decent amount. So you know, in his experience, his his punch was good. So he's yeah. either going to like go for a punch or another sonic boom. Okay. So um, he's trying to speed his way to behind Lucy to then punch her in the yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if he had a Molotov cocktail, he would use one of those, but he doesn't. They're right. not they're not his standard weapons. But he he has been known to use a, a Molotov cocktail and a sword. Uh, but yeah, speed of the puma, puma, puma. Okay, so he'll whiz behind Lucy, but then I reckon as he goes to punch her, she'll like catch his arm with her vectors. Yeah, almost certainly. And then she'll kind of do the thing where she's like holding his arm in place, and then she'll turn around to sort of look at him, you know, get eye contact and stuff. So he knows that it's like serious and she's intimidating and stuff, and then just probably like pull his arm off. I mean, yeah, she like. Uh... She's well into the kind of like letting people know that they're in trouble. Let's now do damage to them rather than just unless she's in real danger. She she probably wouldn't just you know like kill a vibe and look at them. She I mean she might not turn around, but maybe she might. I don't know. I feel like she'd pull her, pull his arm off and then maybe hit yeah. him with it because it's funny to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, and then like I don't know. Burnt face man like. Gets around the back of Lucy, goes for a punch, which just gets caught, and he's like, "Oh dear, oh no, that's not good." And then, uh, it like Lucy just like slowly turns around menacingly, and his arm just comes clean off, and he he doesn't really know why. You can just hear a low humming. Yeah, it's like, and he's like, "Oh, oh no, not another." <laughs> but then at this point, they hear. <laughs> That was a T-Rex in case you didn't guess. Um, yeah, by far T-Rex impressions were subpar. <laughs> <laughs> I put that on my CV. Subpar T-Rex. <laughs> subpar T-Rex impression. You're not impression, I'm just a subpar T-Rex. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie, you're worse than a subpar T-Rex. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a human for a start. And mostly, the that's the end of the reason you're a subpar T-Rex. <laughs> Poor substitute for T-Rex. Yes. But yeah, and you know, there'd be a T-Rex there. Yeah, so like, there's a like, boom, a fud, a fud. Uh, Burnt Face Man probably looks worried because he's only a man. Um, 
what, what would how would Lucy react to this? Because this is um, gonna, you know be interesting. I think initially maybe a bit startled and or surprised that a T Rex has shown up, but then maybe not that surprised because you know they weren't in a Jurassic Park at all. Yes, but I guess ultimately she'd probably be confident that she'd win a fight with a T Rex if needs be. Yeah, yeah, I, I imagine she would be because if it tried to bite her, she could like pull its jaw apart from the inside or. You know, she could just sort of cut it up with like her vibrating vectors and stuff if needs be. Because she could just take out its legs and it would fall over and die anyway. Because T Rexes have stupidly small legs and can't self right. They have actually really big, chunky legs. They just have small forearms. All right. There's another thing like if a T Rex would fall over, it would just basically die instantly. Like it crushes well, itself under its own weight or something. I would think almost certainly not because I wouldn't have imagined they sleep upright. I don't know. I'm sure I remember hearing that. I could be wrong. The point is, I feel like there's little other than, at least in her experience, other than another Diocleonisis that actually poses threat to her. Yeah. So she would potentially be cautious but confident towards a T-Rex. Because I think she would probably just like almost ignore it like scenery unless it came for her specifically. Yeah, probably. I think, if anything, she would maybe be too overconfident. The only thing she might possibly do is just like feed Burnt Face Man to it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can totally see that happening. Or just her leaving Burnt Face Man to be eaten by the T-Rex. No, I very much feel like she'd want to be involved. <laughs> but, I mean, is she not involved by... I, I suppose she might, like, feed the severed limbs, but I feel oh, yeah, she yeah. might want to the T-Rex to actually chow down on Burnt Face Man because it's more demeaning, isn't it? No, I feel like, like I say, I feel like she'd want to have that level of involvement. I think she would feed him to the t-rex but piece by piece yeah like and as many pieces you can do while keeping him alive as possible but which because it's burnt face man it's gonna be a few mm. that only makes it worse for him doesn't it wow yeah but yeah so because i feel like at this point uh she could keep if we i mean regardless of whether you go for like the anime four or the manga 14 like vectors and stuff uh you could use a couple of them to hold him in place and then a couple of them to sort of tear chunks off him and throw them at the T-Rex. Yeah. Bang on, Burnt Face Man's just had an arm ripped off and a T-Rex is trundled through. Uh, Burnt Face Man's probably going to try and speed of the puma back a bit again. Mm -hmm. Like out of the way to hide because he doesn't know how to deal with a T-Rex. Speed of the puma! Puma! I feel like she'd be more prepared for it this time. Maybe she'd just catch him before he can even speed away. Yeah, well, I think she'd manage to. Mm. Um, she's got good reflexes and stuff and knows what he's going to do, mostly because he announces it by saying, <laughs> Puma, Puma, Puma. And he's like, oh no, that, that doesn't work. Oh dear. Uh, put me down, please. <laughs> and then, uh, like, his his leg, no, his arm, probably because it's closer, like, floats up in front of him, his dismembered one, and just gets lobbed towards the T-Rex. And the T-Rex is just like, Rah! and like, catches it out of the air and he's, oh no i needed that oh that's not oh dear <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and then i just think maybe with like a cold smile or something lucy will then just start like ripping him to shreds and like throwing all the junks at the t-rex the only evidence i have of burnt face man having things removed is when he gets his leg shot off and he just goes ow and when he gets cut into pieces and he just goes, ow, and then gets put back together again. So I think he's just going to be like, ow, oh, oh no, oh dear. <laughs> for, like, you know, arms, legs, 
you know, if she goes for like the wrists and the elbow and the shoulder, which seem like reasonable places to go for a sadistic. Yeah, person. and then I'm just sort of thinking like tearing out the stomach and like ribs and you know just sort of working up the torso after all the limbs are gone. Yeah, and um, until he stops making noise. Yeah, and and he probably is. I mean, it, there's no like canonical analog for how much of that he could uh survive i mean he has survived decapitation and gone but he has also been defeated by a crocodile called what was the crocodile called a burnt face man gets eaten by a crocodile i'm sure you told me it was bernard the other day i like that then that's quite fitting because if he was killed by a crocodile in his own series being killed by t-rex is almost the same yeah i mean he wasn't like killed but he was defeated all right. Like he was because he comes back in the next episode. Well, fair enough. Um, um, but even if somehow then he does survive being absolutely ripped to shreds and then being fed to a T Rex, I feel like we've sort of said before this isn't necessarily a fight to a death, but a fight to defeat. And I feel yeah. <laughs> that's only going to put him out of action for a while. Oh, it's the crocodile's called Barry. Barry, that's close. Yeah. The the text is burnt face man finds himself in a room with no exit and a very hungry crocodile called Barry. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets eaten by the crocodile um, so yeah I think he's just going to be like verbally complaining of pain and uh, oh please stop that no that, oh this is this is humid, humid he just stands there and kind of goes whoa, whoa, and then he's told he tastes the vinegar and he should wash more often <laughs> but yeah I think Lucy would just carry on giving him a bit of a bit of tear a bit of, bit of Timmy Tat and uh, feeding him to Biggie that Biggie, mm. that's the... Uh... Sure. And then, you know, after, like, he's suitably dead, as far as she's concerned... Or, or she's equivalent. Then, yeah, she's then just going to use, like, her mandible... Uh, no, her mandibles, her vectors. She's not an insect. <laughs> um, to sort of, like, tear open the fence on the T-Rex pen so she can get out. But accident... You know, as a byproduct, it would let the T-Rex out, causing Jurassic Park to happen. Oh, my I God, mean, what? She did it. I think she'd be okay with that. I think she... I'm not even incidental. I think that's like purpose. <laughs> no, I, I just think she'd literally just not care. <laughs> oh yeah, fair. She'd just be like, oh, but well, you know. She would know that it would happen. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd be aware the T Rex would get out. She just, she wouldn't like vindictively let the T Rex out. She would just be like, well, I'm going this way, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, fair. There you go. Mm. That is that is that, as they say. That is that. I mean, no one ever expected Burn Man to win, but he is one of my favorite characters. He's really fun. Well, I don't know. I mean, I got concerned slightly the other day when we were talking about it, when you were like, oh, yeah, he's been ripped into shreds and then put himself back together. And I was like, oh, but Looty kills people by ripping them to shreds. Yeah, but I mean, what's he going to do? He's got, he's just got a perfect sonic boom that barely hurt his computer. Well, yeah. Knocked a, knocked a man with a welding mask over. And it, it was convenient in this instance. She had somewhere to put the shreds to stop him getting back together. And that somewhere was a T-Rex's belly. Yeah. And yeah. and he's been canonically eaten by a crocodile, which uh, you know, as we all know, are very closely related to dinosaurs. It's just the modern T Rex. Yeah, even though they're older than T Rexes. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, very fitting. Hmm. Very fitting end. So hopefully, Will, that was kind of how you expected a T Rex pen to be there. Uh, and thanks again, Toby, for suggesting Lucy. I hope you enjoyed that fight. You know, it would be cool for you to see her maybe next episode do you want me to give you some more people uh also quickly before we get into doing your clue for the next episode uh when listening to last episode back uh, i have to apologize i did realize i made a mistake slightly 
Um, that I said Lee only had seven chakra gates, and it's actually eight. And I don't know why, because I've said eight in all the other episodes. Just clearly got something wrong last week, so apologies for that before anyone like, tells me about it. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I was very sleepy when we recorded the last episode. Who is your character, or your clue, for next time? So, this character is like a Dulex colour chart of whites to blacks. Uh, but more black to white. Um, they feature in some very famous books. But anyway, uh, that's to look forward to next time. Next time. Right. If you want to contact us, you can do so on the Twitter at PodcastMMM, or you can email us PodcastMMM at gmail.co.uk. And then you can tell us how you think that fight would have gone. If you think there's any way that Burnt Face Man could have won, or if the T-Rex should have done something differently. Speed of the Puma! Puma! Speed of the T-Rex! T-Rex. Yeah, speed of the T-Rex. <laughs> Similarly, you can suggest to us characters you would like to see fight in future episodes, or locations you would like those fights to take place. It's always nice to have fan suggestions. We're getting a few more fan submissions in lately, and that has been... Well, not lately, but you know, sort of just before Christmas. And that has been quite nice. Uh, in a similar sort of vein... Uh, podcasts pretty much just spread from word of mouth. So if you could go and tell people about our podcast and then get them to suggest stuff, that would be really cool too. Like starfish. What about starfish? Like the the starfish from Child of the Unicorn. Yeah. It, that that is not one of my characters, by the way. As tempted that, as I was to put it on. Would that be a good fight? No. Oh. Well, it's, don't suggest that then. Preferably, oh, preferably the level we want is somebody who can, can actually fight and don't just die instantly. And but not so overpowered that nobody else could beat them. That's kind of the range we want to be in. <laughs> it is the range so, we want. Yeah, if you if you could keep that in mind with your suggestions, that would be just dapper. Uh, we have been part of TTSS Productions at TinkerTailorSoldierSponge.com where you can go to listen to us if you want to listen again or catch right. up on our old episodes if you're a newcomer to this year. Uh, or you can, you know, listen to our other podcasts like Have Many Things where they talk about Random things that they pull out of a hat. I mean, they're not pulled out. Of, oh, sorry, you mean yeah? No, that those are pulled. Well, I mean, they're they're not pulled out of a hat. Trade secret, but they are. <gasps> Blimey! Well, oh, I feel betrayed. <laughs> no, I did too. There are actually several Duff men working tonight. Don't tell the kids; it's disillusioning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Duff man. Yeah, uh, I think that's all we've got to say. Um, any final thoughts, Wade? Oh, I always do something random, don't I? Um. Don't spill oil all over your kitchen floor. It makes it like an ice rink. Okay. Noted. And on that note, bye. Catch you all late.